Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and see live streaming of many of my performances on Periscope. My new album, White Knuckle Life, as well as my other original records, are available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. Also, consider helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by Roger Miller. Roses are red. Violets are purple. Sugar is sweet, and so is maple syrple. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 25, last week's gigs wrap-up. I just played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota, which is always a good time, but I spent the rest of the week in Arlington, Texas for WrestleMania 32. Gorgeous weather, great food, live music, pro wrestling, Lone Star beer, etc. It doesn't get much better than that. Upcoming shows, Wednesday, I'll be performing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 8 to 10 p.m. Thursday, I'll be performing a solo show at Heartbreakers in Chaska, Minnesota from 7 to 10 p.m. Friday, I'll be playing a solo show at Nova in Hudson, Wisconsin from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Saturday, Mr. Brian Keith Johnson III and myself will be heading to Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin for a return visit to the fill-in station to rock out from 7 to 10 p.m. Guest this week is part two of my interview with the Minnesota guitar extraordinaire, the one and only Dan Neal. We discuss the surf ballroom, Bo Diddley, Nashville, etc. Enjoy the conversation. Act two of this extravaganza. What do you think? <laughs> Sounds great. Mr. Dan Neal, thanks for being on part two of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. The first part was a ton of fun. We are still here at the Como Park Grill in beautiful St. Paul, Minnesota, slash Roseville, and still staring at the Catholic Church across the street. And uh, I feel better about life already. How about you, Danny? Oh, much better. Are you still doing any stuff for the Prairie Home Companion folks at all? It's been a few years. Okay. But uh, you were on a number of episodes of that. I was, uh, mostly in uh, 2006, 2007, and, and 2008. Yes. And you used some original stuff on there, didn't you? I, on maybe four shows I did, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Some of the things I've talked with some musicians on here is they'll talk about uh, performance anxiety or nerves or anything <laughs> like that. Did you have any of that kind of stuff working for Garrison or doing a, a the program? A couple of times I did. Uh, 
I got a bit nervous when uh, we were backing Emmylou Harris. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And why I don't why I don't know, but I did. And I got a little nervous when we were backing Leo Kotke. Very cool. Because that. You ben know. Kaplan started a rumor said you were just taking a bunch of beta blockers. <laughs> ben advised me to stay off beta blockers when you're yeah, playing Danny, guitar. T- that's what this actually this whole podcast is about. It's kind of an intervention with all the listeners. Yeah. You know, I need one sometimes. And then uh, you also performed with uh, Martin Zeller in the Hard Ways for many years. For 10 plus, yes. How many records did you guys put out? Uh I believe, I believe we made it about six. Six? Yeah. I remember I used to listen. What was the live one? Two guitars, bass, and drums. Yeah. Uh, recorded at O'Gara's. Wasn't it O'Gara's? Yeah. We used to listen to that one back in the day. That one turned out pretty good, I thought. It did. When did, you, when did the Martin thing, when did you leave that whole experience? Uh, 2005. 2005. That's when we started working together. Yeah, right after that. Right after that, two 2005, later. yep. Yeah. And we started rocking out. Now, I have this poster it used to hang in my den or whatever <laughs> of you. And you were, uh, it was like a two-man, the best two-man band around. It was three of you. Oh. <laughs> I, know. I know the exact poster you're talking about. What was about. that now? That was... Um, Dusty Drapes. My friend Dave Carpenter. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, that poster said... The best two-man band uh, north of the Canadian border. Or, no, east of the Canadian border. <laughs> you know? There's three guys. Yes, and there's three guys in it. Yeah. Oh, uh, my Dave God. Dave Carpenter is a, uh, he, he lives in Welch, Minnesota, around Cannon Falls. But he's, uh, to put it mildly, he's a musician and a comedian. <laughs> so, yeah, there's me with a guitar, my friend Dave Carpenter with a guitar, and Leonard McCracken is also in the poster. He's, I think he was playing bass at the time. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how... I probably gave you that poster, didn't I? Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know where else I would have gotten it. So what are some other memorable acts that you've worked with over the years? Uh, there's, uh, on a one-time basis, there are quite a few. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Tiny Bo, Tim. Bo, Tiny Tim. Bo Diddley. Bo Diddley. Bo Diddley multiple times. How was that? That was that was great fun. Was he nice? Oh, very. Did he like Chuck Berry? He liked Chuck Berry. <laughs> yes. It, it helped that Bo Diddley liked Chuck Berry. <laughs> Didn't make me as nervous because I love Chuck Berry. Yeah. Uh, so who else? Uh, you, you probably... You being a songwriter, you would you would know this name sooner than some people. But uh, I backed a, a country songwriter named Johnny Tillotson many times. Okay. And how about the gal? Didn't she work with the gal that sang Tennessee Waltz as well? Yes, I backed Patty Page. Yep. Uh, and she had sort of a big orchestra at the time. Maybe maybe twelve guys. Really? Yeah. Crazy. So yeah, she had she played it. Malax Casino, and she had a great night. Yeah, it was fun. That's great. So out of all the touring you've done, all the rooms you've played, all the gigs you've played, is there any rooms, like just, you don't have to think very hard on it, yep. but any certain rooms, for better or for worse, that kind of stand out? At, on the 
on the good side? Or? Either. Okay. Besides Hacks uh, Pub. Okay. <laughs> I love Hacks Pub. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think you they know. got pictures of us hanging in there. I've still got their cap. You know? Oh, yeah. Hack. And their He's jacket. awesome. Uh, Hack just took Christian Leitner fishing. You're kidding the me. The basketball player. That's awesome. Yep. I want to go, too. <laughs> Next time I want to go. We'll play. We'll we'll be the backup band. We'll be yep. in a boat next to him playing music. We'll, get, we'll play that night. We'll put, we're playing the bar that night. Uh, so what are some memorable rooms that you worked? Oh, I know. I got to bring up something. Uh, one has to be the surf ballroom. Oh, when we yes. went down for Buddy Holly's fiftieth anniversary of his death. Yes. And you were the feature guitar player, or one of the people in the band. I was in the house band. You got Chris Monette and me in. Yeah. We got to hang backstage and we got to party with. Uh, I got to meet Kenny Arnoff, the drummer. Got to meet uh, Las Lobos, that'd be Dave Hidalgo. That's right. And then uh, I didn't get to meet him, but Graham Nash, you worked with him. Yep. Um, and uh, I got to meet the famous playwright, uh, Sir Tim Rice. That's right. Who uh, sang at the after party, right? I have pictures of that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> He was wearing a white suit. Maybe yes. that's why his eyes looked red. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we'll go with that, yes. But, Danny, I was so proud of you that night. That was really something else. Oh, thanks. How did that you was get fun. that gig? Uh, right place, right time. Uh, I got it because uh, there, were at, there was one, maybe two, certain other very prominent guitarists were going to be in that band that night that... Uh, had one reason or another to cancel, and it was pretty short notice. So uh, the guy that was putting the band together is uh, for that show, the house band, was Tommy V. Robbie V's son, right? Yes, and uh, he's he was probably the first guy that would just get on the phone and call somebody. And he, I don't know if he called me first, but he called me pretty soon. And said, told me what the situation was. And I said, well, okay, well, I can be there. And he said, okay, we'll start sending you stuff, you know? Yeah. I remember that, preparing for that, that you and I were playing the Narrows, like, that Wednesday or Thursday before. Yep. And all we did was Buddy Holly songs, (laughs) which I don't think helped you much, because I think I beat each one of them wrong. So did I, but... It did help, because then at least I remembered how they went, you know. That was a really, really fun... I'm glad you let me in on that experience. I still have... Actually, Chris and I got framed pictures with Don Shelby. Oh, that's right. He was there. <laughs> Never forget, we went down there. We got there a little early, and there was nowhere to eat. And It's in... Uh, uh, what's the city? Not Mason City. It's in... Clear Lake. Clear Lake, Iowa. And there was nowhere to eat. So what, yeah. guess what we had for breakfast that day? What'd you have? Blue Moon beer. Oh, did you? <laughs> you and ha- half the rest of that Chris town. Won- yeah, yes. yeah, Blue Moon. That's all there was to eat in the whole town. Okay. We were there so early. And I'll, I'll keep this story G-rated, but... Uh, oh, yeah, tell that, whatever you want. That, well, the, okay, that show took place with one rehearsal the night before and one rehearsal the day of, which would have been February 3rd, so February 2nd and 3rd of 2009, if I'm not mistaken. And... Uh, Okay, after the rehearsal the night before, I think we stopped about 10 p.m. And uh, uh, I notice everyone's heading to a hotel bar, so I go too. And uh, 
I had a couple of beers and figured I better turn in, you know. Yeah. I better be a good boy because we had a big day the next day. Well, I, if memory serves, that night I wound up being Dave Mason's sober driver. As in we just disagree, yes. Dave Mason? Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. I cover that song all the time. It's a beautiful song. Isn't his it? guitar player wrote it, and his guitar player sings harmony on that song. Yeah. So D- Dave Mason was also in the band Traffic, right? That's correct. How were you Dave Mason's sober driver? He needed a ride, and he didn't want to wait for the shuttle bus. And I was standing around the hotel lobby, and it seemed like I was the only guy there with a car. And, and I said, okay, uh, Instead of waiting for that bus, you guys are going to the same hotel I am. You can ride with me. And What'd you guys talk about? Uh, I kept. Did you bug- guys record a podcast quick? Well, <laughs> I would have loved to. <laughs> I I did bug Dave Mason about details from him playing uh, bass on Jimi Hendrix all along the Watchtower because he did do that. He did. He did. He confirmed that to you too. Yes. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Are you guys still in touch? Yeah. <laughs> oh, see. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Was it Chuck Lavelle and Keys, too? Yes. Yeah. Did you meet him? From what I remember, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you may have spoken to me more than and I did. And for the Texas country fans, I think Joe Ely was there as well, too, wasn't he? Yes. Did you meet him, too? From what I remember. Yeah. I remember that we sat there and visited with Richie Valens' family. It had yes. been like, I think it was like his great-grandkids, his best friends, cousins, uh, people that rented their house one oh, summer's yeah. person that had <laughs> yeah. bought a dog from their other yeah. cousin. There were a lot of Richie Valens family there. That's yeah, for sure. a little shoestring and action there. Just like as we were, too. We had no it, business being backstage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No. I do have some great pictures. God, that was a lot of fun. It was. I took full advantage of that situation. I'm telling you. Do they still do that down there? They do. They 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 call it the winter party or something. Yep. Like that, they either winter dance party or uh, uh, buddy holidays, but they still do it every year. But for for the fiftieth one, of course, they did it the biggest. And oh, that was awesome. Public TV filmed it. Or the the Austin City Limits crew filmed it, so they still have it. You know, okay. I've seen a little bit of it. Oh, I would love to watch some of that again. I, you did such a good job. That well, was just you. a blast. Um, so, what are some other shows that kind of stand out to you, just off the top of your head? Not a big deal. Off the top of my head, well, of course, Bo Diddley. That seemed to be just tons of fun. Uh, the Patty Page one, yep. and. Uh, the the night I the night I played with Patty Page, Ray Price opened. Ray Price. Ray Price opened. Can you believe that? I could never believe Ray Price would be opening for anybody. How did he sound? He sounded great. He he sounded awesome. That's how I think Chris Christopherson got big is because Ray Price picked up. I believe Lay Your Head Upon My Pillow yep, uh, for, for the, the good, good times. times. 
Right. That's that is how Chris Christopherson got big. It, yeah. It got big. I did see Chris and uh, Merle at the State Fair last year, and uh, I don't think you'd be a fan of Chris's guitar playing. That's the, uh, <laughs> our, our friend Ben Kay said that, that Chris's part of the show was not particularly technically good. Let's put it that way. I agree, and I was actually texting some friends. I was kind of like, ah, you know, and then all of a sudden he played. I think it was for the good times, and I damn near started tearing up. Like, that's why he's so good. It's the the songs. I just said with all the the hoopla of the State Fair, it was good to be reminded that it starts from this little song. Make believe you love me. You yes. know, and so it ended up being an awesome experience seeing yeah. him because he was one of my heroes. You oh, know? mine too. Oh, of course. Um, so, Danny, you and I used to travel to Nashville all all the time. Oh, and man, was that fun! And that was a lot of fun. Danny would rent some car. We'd play a funeral and pay for it. <laughs> Not kidding. <laughs> We would drive down there together, BS, the whole way down there. We'd stay for a couple days. Danny'd drive back. I'd stay at my cousin's for the next day. Yeah. Then pay like a $70 cab to the airport and fly back. Yeah. <laughs> we did a lot of those. Oh, they were fun. Um, I guess the highlights would be auditioning at Capitol Records. That was a good one. I still remember that. I want to do it again. Let's go do that again. Yep. And actually... Um, yeah, that was a great, great experience. And also playing at uh, my old publishing company, Arista Media, for uh, Jeff Walker's no longer with us, though. Oh, no. That was you, too bad. They were real good to us over the years. He's no longer with us. No longer with I'm us. Sudden to deal, that. too. But, but uh, so we did a lot of good times down there. And we, could, uh, we can definitely tell many stories of drinking Jim Beam out of Dixie Cups yeah. at the Tin Roof, <laughs> uh, almost having the band arrested swimming in the swimming yeah, pool right. late at night. Uh, Sean Leith running around the bar with sunglasses while they're playing sunglasses at night. While I was dancing on a table. No, we were just kind of hanging back. Oh, I danced Maybe you on were, a table. Maybe, were you dancing on a table? I danced on a table that night, for sure. Yeah, because it had been a big day. Yeah. You know, not every day you get rejected by Capitol. No. <laughs> you have to celebrate those. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but one of my favorite... <laughs> one of my favorite stories, it's got to be... Is that uh, one time the band that we happened to get this big opening gig for Pat Green up in the Twin Cities here at the Fine Line, and uh, so we wanted uh, we got the information for who had booked the show in Nashville for whatever it was. This is a great story. (laughs) So you and I I having flew down there to talk to this booking agent William Morris or whatever. Yeah, and I had this little Whiskey Roses care package of a T-shirt. A CD, a letter. It was like a thank you card. A little yeah. thank you. And we dropped it off in person, whatever. And here we found out that the information we had gotten was completely wrong. It was completely <laughs> made up, you know. And the guy that we were supposed to leave this stuff with didn't exist. Did not exist. <laughs> and so we found out who did book it, and it was this woman. <laughs> And so I had to rewrite the mirror. I was sitting in the lobby rewriting this letter I just typed out before. Yeah. Oh, and I, gave, I left the T-shirt, and he was like a double XL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it, it, was, it went all wrong very quickly, you know, awkward. That you was know. a really, 
But we. <laughs> and then I think. I, I think, think we went out to dinner with our friend Clay Cumbie that night. Yeah. Did we go to Ruth's Chris that night? That might have been the night we went to Ruth's Chris. Yeah, I think I, we just cut all ties and went and ate some food. Yeah, and and I, and if I'm not mistaken, you met a song. You 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 wound up sitting next to a John songwriter Eddie. named John Eddie. Yeah, we yeah. met him years ago at the Fine Line, and he had a big hit at the time with Kid Rock. Yes, Low Life, and we were going to write right. a song together. And I was end up being friends with John Eddie's old guitar player, who was George Thorogood's old guitar player named uh, Steve Chrismar. Right. Great guitar player. Yeah. Very good guitar player. He was a lot of fun, too. Gee. So I remember that night at Ruth's Chris. That was fun. Yeah. When you get get rejected by Capitol Records and then you have a bad experience at William Morris in Nashville, (laughs) which is like, that's kind of their big office, you know. You have to celebrate that. Yeah. And the rejection thing, that's kind of not really. Well, just we weren't the. We just weren't what what they're looking for. Oh, and some of the lines that we were told were actually pretty good in our benefit. Uh, and it was kind. So. It was kind of a tear on the audience, you know. That would. Yeah. That would. Uh, so I, I guess I can't go there. But um, come to a show privately. I'll tell you what we yeah. were told. But <laughs> it wasn't bad. So we did. Say, no. It was a good thing. It just. Uh, uh, it no, wasn't exactly what nice they were people. looking for. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you got to cover your. You can't burn all these bridges. Danny. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to get beaten up walking somewhere. Danny's holding know? a cigarette light here, burning bridges <laughs> on a microphone here. <laughs> so. Um, that was a good time, and also another one of my maybe less favorite experiences with Danny and I down in Nashville is when <laughs> is when we drove down there for a certain person's uh, birthday. <laughs> and I was supposed to play it, and Danny didn't even play the show. <laughs> we drove down there, and, and oh my gosh, so I decided to, and here it was supposed to be this big, huge thing for all these record people, and was that the thing at the Commodore? The Commodore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there was nobody there. Oh, no. The person in question wore, like, Zubas or something. And, was, and I just changed my guitar strings right before, and I, I was the first one to play a song. I hit the guitar, and it was completely out of tune. Yeah. And the look on your face, Danny, was like, like I'm never doing this yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> then we ended up buying beers to this other songwriter all night long. I remember that, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that g- oh, guitar God. playing songwriter friend. Ed, okay, there, there's another there's another funny story about the Commodore. That night, one of the guys, one of the other songwriters that was on the bill with you, and half a dozen others at least, was a guy named Dan McCorison. I remember that. Yeah, and Dan McCorison wrote a couple of songs with Chris Hillman years ago. Had an album out on his own. It's a great, great singer songwriter, and. He was the guitar player for Dusty Drapes way before I was. That was it. Yeah, I remember I... Because we were in contact with him after that, too. Yes. God, that was fun. Yeah. Um, who was that songwriter lady that we worked with at her house, and we ended up tracking a song at J-Dub's studio that we wrote. You'd had this cool guitar riff, and we sat there all day and wrote a song, and then uh, Lisa Ashman. That was Lisa Ashman. And we were there the day she got her check. From getting a from getting a song on the Batman Returns. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes, Lisa Ashman. Uh, I still think we paid for lunch that day. Yeah, <laughs> we probably did. Yeah, we paid uh, for everything back then. Still do. L- l- true. Lisa is a not only a songwriter, and, and who gets cuts all kinds of kinds of all kinds of places, but she's also an astrophysicist. So, a story behind the song segment this week. Uh, what Whiskey Roses song should we talk about? Dan Neal's Rockin' Chair? Why not? 
It became a T-shirt, too. It did. We had a Daniel T-shirt for our band, too. Yeah. Did my, you make a lot of money in royalties in that? Yeah. Well, my son bought one. Or maybe f- I bought him one. And the thing is, I didn't even... My buddy bought, made those. I didn't make any money off them either. <laughs> <laughs> that figures. Yeah, we... He should have made a shirt for somebody famous. You, you are famous there, Danny. So, so there's a song off our uh, Raunchy Tonk record called Dan... I wrote a bunch of songs about you, Danny. I remember Chattanooga 444. I love that song. And then uh, Dan Neal's Rockin' Chair in F-sharp major. Yeah. And it's kind of every person in the band kind of had a part. And uh, I remember you and I were playing some show. And you and I were having a couple of beverages. And I said, <laughs> I said Danny, I'm going to write a song called... Daniel's Rockin' Chair in F-sharp major. You or else, no, I said I'm going to write a song called Daniel's Rockin' Chair, and you said, and you go, in F-sharp major, or something yeah, like that. I did and say so that. I did, and it was just you did it, literally. Stu- this silly song, but it was a ton of fun to play and a ton it's of fun, fun to record. Song. So it's off our Raunchy Talk record, but thank you guys for listening to the Mark Steer Music Podcast. We'll have Danny on again soon. Thank you, Danny. I appreciate my friend. Thank you, Mark. We'll hang soon. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It can be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. Tree in Turtle Lake, Wisconsin, with a guitar trying to write a hit song of Baker. Dozen of ladies in a tone-deaf Mercedes Pulled up to see what the hell I was working on I said it's the best damn song in the whole damn world Ask any guitar player It's called Dan Neal's Rockin' Chair In F-sharp major A cloud of hops rolled up from the valley and behind it, one giant of a man. And he had a growler of beer, had his face rig gear. And to my surprise, he sat down and gave us a hand. He said it's the best damn song in the whole damn world. Ask any bass player. It's called Dan Neal's Rockin' Chair in F-sharp major. Then down from the cherry tree came a lady, a regular Tarzan Jungle Jane. Ain't she had a fiddle ready to go, use the tree branch for a bow. And everyone went crazy when she sang. Said it's the best damn song in the whole damn world, ask any fiddle player. It's called Daniel's Rockin' Chair in F-sharp major. And a percussionist, everyone left with a smile. People told their mothers and fathers, their cousins and teachers, their psychiatrists, and even drug dealers, and soon the entire world went wild. In every bar, tooth box, every car radio, every local cover band is playing that song I wrote. Yeah, it's the best damn song in the whole damn world. Ask any music player, it's called Dan Neal's Rockin' Chair in F sharp major. <laughs>